Welcome to another episode of On the Sidelines. My name is Molly Watson. I'm a midday radio host here in Cincinnati, along with Lindsay Patterson, who works as a sideline reporter here in town. Today, we're joined by FC Cincinnati color analyst and director of Kings Hammer Youth Soccer Program, Kevin McCloskey. We'll talk about FC Cincinnati, how the players are doing. It's been a challenging few weeks. Kevin will talk about the importance of performance versus results. He'll also chat about his BFF, Tommy G, and the massive impact FC Cincinnati has had on youth soccer here in town. All right, Linz, take it away. All right, we have Kevin McCloskey in studio, a guy who wears several hats. How did you get involved with King's Hammer? Uh, that's a good question. So I actually played soccer back in the early 2000s for the old USL franchise team. Um, which was uh, King Soccer Academy at the time, and and from there they they started a youth academy. Um, at the same time, I'd I'd gone over to Xavier University where I was the assistant coach, and probably about four years after that, I started what is my current job, which evolved. Uh, so I, I started as the boys director, and, and through kind of changes and and mergers and things like that, I've I've now found myself in this position. And soccer just keeps growing in the city. Tryouts are coming up for King's Hammer. What's a big week like? Uh, so tryouts start uh, May 28th. So that's obviously a, a big week for us. Um, we're, we have a good assessment of the players coming back, but it's also a great opportunity for, for players from outside the club to come in and be assessed by our staff. And from the try period, then we set our teams for the following year. So for 2019 to 2020, um, we're, we're setting those teams in every age group and every program. Um, it's always a long week, but a fun week as well. And, and one for, you know, that our coaches and staff look forward to. Kevin is a busy guy, Molly, always on the phone, even on our road trips. We know he's working. He's a hardworking guy behind the scenes. People don't always see that. But speaking of FC Cincinnati, the growth of that, that had to help the youth side. Yeah, it has. I mean, obviously, you know, I think youth soccer has been big in the city for a while. Um, I think girls soccer especially, um, probably the last 15 years and probably the last seven, boys have started to catch up a little bit. But it's it's been a very strong foundation. Um, I actually think that the growth of youth soccer has also helped in FC Cincinnati's cause. Uh, but FC Cincinnati's uh, growth as well has also, you know, reciprocated that growth as well for, for the youth program. So it's... It's been a very interesting three to four years, um, obviously with the professional team coming on uh, on board and, and in the area, and I think it only helps heighten uh, the interest in the game throughout this region. You are someone who has been involved in soccer since day one. Could you ever imagine everything that has kind of happened in the last four years to be where it's at now? It's definitely a dream come true, I think, for a, a soccer enthusiast. Um, you know, And it's one of those pieces of the development puzzle that's been missing. I think it's really important for younger kids to have role models, right? So to have a player that they can come and watch at Nippert, they have the jersey, they're, they're trying to emulate that player at practice through the week. And and so for, for me and, and for all of our staff, I think it's really important to see that, that we can see kids kind of pursue their dream. Um, did I expect it to happen this quickly? No. And, and I don't think anyone truly, if they're being honest, uh, expected this growth in, in such a short time. But credit to obviously Jeff Birding and Carl Linder and all of the ownership that had the vision and all of the staff, and, and you know this, Lindsay, you, you work with a lot of them, that have worked so hard to get to this point. And I think from here, it's um, this is obviously a, a year that, that will have its ups and downs, uh, but it's also one that, that we need, need to keep in mind, that it is another chapter within this uh, special story. You know, things don't always go how we you know want them to, how we hope they go, because we're all huge FC Cincinnati fans. How are they doing? How's their confidence right now? How are the guys doing? 
Well, I, I think, look, anytime that you're you're going and you're not getting the results that you want, I think that's a, a tough uh, psychological thing to, to handle. However, I think the, the biggest thing, and, and Yuan DeMay, the, the interim coach, talked about this last week, is making sure that you're you're looking at the performances versus the results. And I think that is a, a very important thing for a fan to be able to look at. Don't get caught up in the results. It's week to week, how's the performance? So this week, obviously, that was a tough performance. Um, but it also provided a lot of information. So for a coach, you've got to take those trends. For the players as well, when something is new and you're coming in with a coach that's a different style from Alan as well, uh, that takes a little bit of time. Uh, and I think that's a, you have to be patient. I think that's Yuan's biggest task right now is handling the confidence of the players. Uh, but the professionals, right? They're pros and a lot of them have, have been through ups and downs in the past in different environments. And, and you're hoping that that experience shines through. And they play their heart out. Absolutely. They, I mean, they, these guys, a lot of them are away from their families. They're yeah, working yeah. hard. And it's like, hey, the, at the end of the day, these are our guys. And we got to stand behind them 100%. Absolutely. And, and you know, it, it's, it's never easy for them to come into an environment. Like you said as well, Molly, they're coming from different backgrounds, different environments. Some with their families, some without their families. And, and I think, again, the, the average sports fan sometimes forgets that. Um, I think that the educated fan understands that. Mm-hmm. And it's not an excuse, but it's reality. So I, I think people have to be a little bit more patient um, with the organization, especially with the players. Like you said, Molly, too, have the backing of the players. That's the most important thing, that they're the people in the front line that, that obviously you know get the, the positive uh, reinforcement when things go well, but also the negative downside of it when things don't go well. And no matter what, though, I, as long as they're, they're held to that expectation and that standard and they're trying hard, we should have their back. What's the typical day like for you? I mean, I see it, but everyone else, you're, you're balancing a couple jobs here. What's like the day like of match day, but you're also trying to take care of what's happening with King Sammer? And you know what, real quick, I'm going to, because I want to piggyback on that question for those listening that might not know, what is a color analyst? Just explain everything. Sure. So uh, my job is easy. <laughs> I'm going to say this for the pinch of salt. Compared to my partner, Tommy's job, and obviously, you know, with, Tommy Lin- with, oh, with, Tommy. with uh, Lindsay as well. Um, for me, it's, you know, it, it's, it's watching the game. It's analyzing the game. It, it's providing, hopefully, critical content. Um, and, and Tommy is the person, obviously, is setting everything up. Uh, the question is, how does he handle everything? Because he's, he's got the broadcast going on in the background. He's trying to go through and tell a story. So for me, and I said that with a pinch of salt, it, it's not easy. It, it, you know, I, I try to be transparent. I try to be uh, fair. Uh, but at the same time, too, I, I have to be critical when it's right. Um, but the easy part for me, at least, it's, it's a, I'm very lucky because it's a, a game that I love. Um, I really enjoy working with the people that I work with, with, with Lindsay and with Tommy and all of the FC Cincinnati organization. And, and on game day, it's special. So getting to watch the, the game, getting to analyze it, um, it's something that I, I take great interest in. And being able to hopefully portray that the right way, it's pretty satisfying. Do you feel like you eat, sleep, and breathe soccer from like sun up to sundown? <laughs> you can tell you. I think that the toughest thing she had asked me about, you know, match day for me is, is, is challenging. Uh, during the week, it, it can be challenging too, but it's fun. It's always fun, right? It's the yeah. same thing for the, the both of you. You work hard at your profession. Uh, you enjoy what you do. And and a lot of times I don't see it as work, but you know it's one of those things that you're you're getting up at six and sometimes you're you're working all the way to ten p.m. before you go to bed and I love it. Yeah, see, so I, I, I never I, can I, complain. I could totally agree. It's like the second you stop having fun in this industry, it's like get exactly. out. Keep me busy. I, I, you know, it's like I cannot see myself ever being like, oh, 
got to go to work. It's like, you know, you got to love what you do. That's so important. And it really, really shows that you're very passionate about your work. So. Very and nice. a lot of coffee. Coffee's really yes. good. I'm, I'm really big yes. on coffee drinker <laughs> right, right now. I'm drinking a nice <laughs> coffee. Here. Yeah. Lots of coffee. One thing I always like to ask people who have been involved with FC Cincinnati since day one, what moment for you? I mean, mine's always going to be open cup and those home matches. But for you alone, what moment really just sticks out? It could be at USL or MLS. Yeah, I, I think there's many moments, you know. Um, and, and we've obviously shared those moments too, Lindsay, I think. The first USL game obviously was significant, and I think the first MLS game were, were significant. But the game against Chicago Fire is the moment that sticks out in my mind. You know, it, it's kind of going through that through the penalty kicks. I think it was just such a special uh, moment for the fans, everybody that was there at Nippert Stadium, everybody that was watching throughout the country, and and just how that was captured. And, and we've seen kind of memories from that that they kind of remind us of it. That was a special moment. We'll get back to the King's Hammer uh, tryouts, which is a huge, huge week for you coming up in a couple weeks. 3,000 kids. I can't even imagine where you start with all of that. But can you just go back to explaining some of the programs? Yeah, absolutely. So for for us, I'll I'll talk about kind of the areas that we offer first. Um, We have been a greater Cincinnati club for a long time. And for us, we've expanded now 2019 to 2020 into the east side of town, so into Claremont County, Batavia, that area. Um, we've always had a central presence, so obviously, you know, Hyde Park, uh, into northern Kentucky, into Fort Mitchell, Campbell County, those areas. And then we also added another expansion into the south area, so Florence Union, uh, further down into northern Kentucky, but big areas that, that have... We've always had a, a strong population, but families have demanded that we offer more local and community-based programs, so we've answered kind of their calling for that. So within those three satellites, that's kind of, you know, greater Cincinnati. And then recently we moved into central Kentucky, so Lexington. Um, we partnered with a club called Bluegrass Soccer Club to create Kingshammer Bluegrass. So between Kingshammer and then Kingshammer Bluegrass, that's kind of our brand, so to speak. That they, Those are the clubs uh, we, we have then within that programs, right? So we start... Uh, a taste for, for kids that want to try three to seven years old. It's called our juniors program. And that's a chance for the kids to come and have fun. Uh, they get to interact with our staff and, and really kind of see what King's Hammer is about. And then starting at sevens to tens is the start of our organized program. So that's our youth program. And those kids play. They're formed in teams. Uh, we have fantastic staff in on our east side, on our central side, uh, our south side, and then obviously down in, in Bluegrass as well. And then 11 to 19, we have the same thing for all of those areas, but we also have the start of our academy program. So 11s to 19s, it's the highest program within the region. And we try to promote our players to play at a red, a blue, and a gray level, uh, making sure that they have the opportunity if they want to try to go into now maybe an MLS development academy, uh, Olympic development programs, going on to potentially play a college and hopefully not a professional one day, uh, we can do that for both our girls and our boys. And and that's something that, that we've, it's been a feather in our cap. Uh, we produce players for that. But even within that red and blue and gray level within our academy, uh, we also provide the option for players that just want to play high school, right? And we have the, a pre-academy program then for players that just want to play in their community. And I think that's important too. So we try to capture, it is quite a lot, it seems like when we're talking about it, but... We have great leadership within those programs that are soccer professionals. Um, these these guys have, again, lived 
breed. They, they, they have the experience. They have the qualifications on a national level. And they're very con- connected to our community. And I think that's such an important thing. Question real quick that comes to mind. At what age do you start to notice talent? Like, is it as young as four and five years old? Or what's what's like the youngest? We no- Yeah, we notice it. I mean, it's, it's very, you know, you, you look at, uh, there's, there's four areas to the game. So there's a technical side, a tactical side, a physical side, and a mental side, right? And so it's appropriate. So at three and four, we can say, okay, physically, this this player has got something. Technically, they probably got something. We don't dive too much into kind of the, the psychological side of it um, and, and and even the tactical side of it. They're right? just because having fun. They're just having fun. Yeah. But it's hard not to notice, right? And, and, and again, it's not our job. We're not doing our job right if we can't notice that, you know, this kid's special and, and whatever. We have to be very patient, though. So between three and 14, <laughs> and it, honestly, it, it, it continues all the way to 19, but development is a process. Right, and and from when a player starts to when they finish, you, you can't just say, okay, this is what's going to happen. It's hard to predict. You know, it, it's it's you. The biggest thing that we try to do is put them in the right environment and the appropriate setting, and from that, give them the the options to be successful. And when it's time to change or move them into another program, we try to do that and educate the parents along the way so that they understand. Little three year olds out there. I know. For the first time, I'm not they gonna just lie. Just want to have fun. That would like, be a lot of fun. I, can I come and, and be the coach of the three year olds? Because <laughs> I, I just want to come fun. and watch. I just well, want to come take it all in. If you guys are interested in coaching, we'd love to have you. Three and four year olds right here. I mean, yeah. I can totally yeah. have a little fun with them. That <laughs> but it's a- cool because now they have FC Cincinnati here in town to look up to, and that gives them some incentive. You know, the right. little ones like I want to be like Jimmy McLaughlin when I grow up, or you know, I don't know. It's kind of cool. It's very neat. It's very cool. And where can people find more information about the trials coming up? Yeah, so our website's kingshammer.com. Um, within that, I just talked about the different programs. You can go on to, obviously, to register for tryouts. There's a link that's right there. But for program content and, and more information, uh, we have a tab for each of those programs. So uh, we have contact information for every director as well. So if you, you need to reach out directly to that specific director, you can do that. And all of our administration's contacts are also on the website. And you guys are over there at Town & Country. Yeah, so we right? have multiple sites. Okay. Um, our main base would be at Town & Country. We also have uh, an Ohio facility at Four Seasons. Oh. Uh, we also have now uh, in Batavia, we have a grass complex as well that we use. And then within that, we use NKU, we use Xavier, we use the University of Cincinnati. Uh, we we rent quite a lot. So obviously with, with those programs, it's very important that we have what we think are the, are the best facilities in the city. Kevin, a busy guy. Thank you so much for joining us. A guy who wears several hats in the city for soccer. So, again, guys, more information. Make sure you're checking it out. King's Hammer Trials coming up in Cincinnati, northern Kentucky area. All right. That wraps up this episode of On the Sidelines. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you both for having me on. I really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to another episode of On the Sidelines. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify.